Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer with you once again here on a Tuesday as the COVID crisis continues here, Evan, as I look for some C words, uh, I think we're heading into week six or something now. I've kind of lost track of the days. 34 days at one job and 35 at the other since we shut down. Okay, so that's uh, how long you've not been working, but I think we've gone uh, an extra 10 days or so past that of... All this really kind of struck. Um, I know here in BC we've had three new deaths over the the last few days. Fifty two new cases here in in British Columbia, which continues to be ahead of the curve, so to speak, uh, as far as containment goes. How are things going in Saskatoon? Only what three new cases or something today? It's not that many, but. The interesting thing was is that the Premier, about a week ago, came out saying, you know, we're going to start looking at whether when we can start opening things up. And he got such backlash on that one that looks like they're going to might open golf courses, but like with one person in a cart and you have to keep your social distancing. But I think the message has come across finally that we're going to be okay just sitting back for a little while. Yeah, I watched Dr. Bonnie Henry, who I – you know, have come to rely on maybe more than anybody else, uh, not just in British Columbia, but but as a whole. Like, she is so calming and intelligent, and just the way she delivers the message and her information, it's it's really unbelievable. And I, and I fret to think where our province would be with without her uh, leading this leading this charge. But I again, I think you're right. I think. We're going where we're going to be. It's still going to be a while. Um, you know, I, I've started to see these protesters and, and what have you pop up throughout the south. And, and even here in Vancouver, I saw some Nimrod leading about 100 people down town uh, trying to. I mean, I get it. People want their lives back. And, and even on social media, I saw, you know, the, the curve's flattened. No, it's not. Like, it's, it's, it's flatter and it's starting to head in the right direction, but it is far from flat. And and my biggest fear out of all this, Evan, it, it's you know, the, yes, getting sick and and people that I know and love getting sick and even the potential of dying. It's that we're going to go through all of this, and then people are so eager to get back on the the horse and get their lives going and get everything back to normal again that we're going to go through this again. So I I just. Hope people can stay the course and stay patient and just get through this the first time the right way. Yeah, like Tracy's about to become a frontline worker tomorrow. So, um, you know, it's a, it's tough for me because my, my kids are going to be staying with their mom, right? Like we're not we're not chancing it, mm. but um, you know, 
it was the right thing for her because she had been trying to get this job for years and it took a pandemic for her to get it. But, um, you know, it's, you know, no, she's not going to be going into COVID patient rooms and dealing with things, but still a little scary. You know, it's just, you know, we never know in that hospital where things will transmit to. Yeah, that is, that is pretty hardcore, man. Uh, this is a lacrosse classified podcast. It's about box lacrosse. I promise you. I just, Listen, these are the days and times we are living in, and it needs to be discussed, and we have a forum to do that, and uh, I'm going to take advantage of that on, on a weekly basis here to share my thoughts, my opinions, and and hopefully educate a little bit as well for, for people that just don't seem to quite get it. Uh, episode 76, Evan, we got a good show for you coming up here. Uh, Glenn Clark, head coach, general manager of the New England Black Wolves, Evan, who we uh, we got a little message in our in our DMs on Lax Class uh, encouraging us to give the Black Wolves a little more attention. You had a very poignant response. It was a heartfelt yeah. message. I'm not going to name any names, but uh, we appreciate that sort of thing. We took it the exact right way that, that you wanted us to, and, and we appreciate that. I hope you appreciate the response. And my response is going out and getting the New England Black Wolf, both the head coach and the general manager, on the program here for episode 76. Glenn Clark will join us in about 10, 12, 15 minutes from now to talk all things Black Wolves, and uh, who knows what else we will get in there with the professor. Well, and of course, the first place New England Black Wolves mm. when the season, because uh, let's think about this for a second. When we did our season preview, we thought the Georgia Swarm were just going to run away with it, wipe the plate with that division. They were going to be the number one seed, and New England took over from them. Like they they took advantage of the situation. They had some big close wins when they needed them, and Dougie Jameson yeah. is playing out of his mind. Cal Crawford. Crawford is yeah. playing out of his mind, and. It worked. Yeah, know. working out okay nope. for Andrew Q as well, and uh, we'll talk to we'll talk to Clarkie about it all. And and just for everybody knows, like as far as our guests and how we go about booking, do you want to break down the criteria that we kind of run down on a weekly basis on how we come up with who we ask to to come on the show each week, Evan? I mean, it's a number of different factors. First, kind of we look at, you know, who had a big week. And, you know, obviously fans want to hear from people that had a big week. And it's a much easier interview when we talk to people that just won a game than a lot that got absolutely smoked. Uh, but we also think back when, you know, more half the time we're sitting in the pub in, in uh, Saskatoon after a rush game trying to figure this out. And sometimes it's, okay, well, who haven't we talked to? What teams haven't we talked to? We make sure we try and get around every team. But keep in mind, there's 13 teams now, so we can only really get to every team every couple months. And now with the season shut down, it's probably going to be every four months almost. Well, yeah, I don't know if it'll be that much, but but that's kind of how we do. We look at a number of different things, and we do take into consideration, we do try and spread the love around to the entire league. And then – 
you know, we got to incorporate uh, media types and referees and other people uh, involved in the sport of lacrosse as well. So a lot goes into it. We just don't uh, pluck names out of a hat or anything, just so you know. But uh, Glenn Clark, Black Wolves are up this week. We'll enjoy that momentarily. Uh, I got to tell you, Evan, it's been a bit of a, a, a rough go for me this morning. I had a, a, a massive plumbing issue in my condominium over the last week. A, a, a pinhole leak behind one of my walls, which got sawed open and uh, people coming and going, uh, which is not cool right now, obviously, with COVID and uh, water damage all over... And then uh, I tried to, to begin homeschooling for my, my youngest uh, this morning, Evan, which didn't get off to a particularly great start either. So trying to get myself in the right frame of mind here for episode 76 in quarter one. I, I feel better already just getting the headset on and chopping it up a little bit uh let's get into our sweet 16 bracket in stampede tax who we had everyone at stampede tack and western wear would like to send out their best to all across classified listeners during these unprecedented times we hope that everyone is making it through this the best they can with all their loved ones are staying safe and healthy we are missing lacrosse too and we are hoping for the day We get to enjoy the game we all love so much. Stay safe, lacrosse fans, and stay strong. Lacrosse is family, and family gets through times like this. And Stampede Tack and Western Wear still open for business. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. And all you essential workers, you frontline workers that may have difficulty getting some workwear that you need, Stampede.ca will hook you up and uh, help you out to get you through these times. We posted up four games from the Sweet 16, Evan. The 2000s bracket is where we went. The results are in. We got a great voter turnout this week, Evan. Uh, Actually, we did the 2000s and the 2010s, excuse me. So let's start at the top of the bracket. We're on the right side of things here. First game up, 2000 Rock up against the 2009 Excelsiors and almost 100 votes in this one. Pretty convincing victory for the Toronto Rock as they get past Brampton here with 66% of the voters picking Toronto. Now, here's something that's interesting. We talked about this uh, earlier in that Derek Keenan was on five teams out of the 32. Mm. All five are still alive. <laughs> All five. Now, next week, it'll be down to four because two of them actually play one another. Okay. <laughs> but Bandits and Rock, yeah, yes, you... I see it now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's a nice little feather in the cap there of Jammer. No question about it. So, t- 2000 Toronto Rock, they move on. Next game up. This was a great, uh, great matchup here. I saw somebody post on Twitter things that make you go, hmm, because the vote was so tight. I don't know quite where he was going with that or they were going with that. They didn't get a reply, but I was like, what are you confused about? This is a really good matchup, and I don't know if they maybe just didn't look at one roster or only know one of these teams or something. I don't know. Anyways, 52%. Coquitlam, 2001 Man Cup champion, Adnax, 
with 98 votes, 52%. Coquitlam gets past the 09 Roughnecks into the Elite Eight. And it's what happens when a team promotes the vote, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. I'm telling you, retweet goes a long way for the greatest box lacrosse team of all time tournament. Uh, and we're getting down to the nitty gritty here, moving our way down to the Elite Eight. Two down, two to go. 2016 rush up against the 2015 Victoria Shamrocks. 137 votes for this, Evan. And the rush, convincingly, 71% get past Victoria. Actually, worse than that for most. I think it was over with five minutes after I posted the vote on Monday night. Yeah. Uh, rush Nation, I'm telling you. Best fans in the league. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Saskatchewan broadcaster. I am really not. Like, I'm really not. Like, Calgary, great, great fan base. Buffalo, Colorado, Toronto. Halifax is is doing wonderful things. I've been around. Saskatchewan, Rush Nation. It's it's really, it's I don't I don't even think it's close. So I'm I'm, in, I'm not exactly impartial, but um, I've I've been to a number of arenas. I've been to Bandit Land. The arena does not get as loud as it does in Saskatoon. Now, in part, that might be the fact that it's a slightly older arena and the sound just bounces off that roof. I think it's um, the fact that people show up an hour before the game and double fist Pilsner until faceoff is why well, that building to. gets louder. You have to because, the, the once again, older arena, they didn't exactly build the traffic for 15,000 people mm-hmm. in there. So you have to go that early just to make sure you don't miss opening face-off. That's, I mean, they are, there's literally six, 7,000 people in the building an hour before the face-off easily. Pretty crazy to see. All right, one more game to go here on Stampede Tax, who we had, and it's the... 2018 Lakers up against the 2013 Chiefs, that classic confrontation, Evan. Lakers and Chiefs, this one not close as well. 69%, 191 votes. Go to the 2018 Man Cup champion, Peterborough Lakers. And once again, a team promoting the votes, which helped matters. I'm going to make a prediction right now. Mm. And that is when we get to the Elite Eight, the Rush and the Lakers play or face off against one another. They there, do. Right? They do. That winner wins the whole thing. Oh, calling it that's, out of the 2010s bracket, that team is going to win. That's what I'll tell you right now. Okay. Okay. You might be right. I, I, I just think because it's the most current bracket is why it's getting the most – like it stands to reason, right? More people are going to know about the 2010s bracket than they are about the 1960s. It's just the way it goes. But so I but, don't, I don't want to go against you on that. But I would love to actually have seen that game because they they could have actually played one another. Think about it, right? Oh. The offensive power of that Lakers. Well, let's team save it, Evan. Let's save, let's save it. Let's save it, Evan. Let's save it for the Elite Eight conversation, man. You don't want to give all your gold away when we're going to talk about this game again. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Let's uh, – so, once again, let's just get it out here. 2000 Rock will take on the 2001 Adnax, and the 2016 Rush will take on the 2018 Lakers. 
Four out of the eight teams punched their ticket. We will uh, put up the the next four games here coming up in quarter four of who you got. Let's take a break and let's get the head coach and the general manager of the New England Black Wolves. On to the podcast next. You're listening to episode 76 of Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is Robert Church from the Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and Boston Cross. Welcome back to Lax Class on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Uh, you just heard from Associated Labels and Packaging, still open for business down there in Coquitlam as well. They're cranking out all sorts of new products. With COVID-19 going on, they are providing all sorts of packaging and labeling for their clients. If you need something done and you need it done right, family-owned Ethics and quality are two words that go along with Associated Labels and Packaging. AssociatedLP.com. Sean Ashworth and the gang. Make sure you're looking those guys up if you need a label or package. You just heard from Robert Church as well. Uh, He'll be on Rush Hour coming out uh, maybe later this week or early next week. I'm going to have Rob Church and Kyle Rubish on the Rush Hour podcast, this is the Lacrosse Classified podcast. My name's Jake Kelly. Evan Schemenauer is with me as well. And now joined by the head coach and the general manager of the New England Black Wolves, who were sitting pretty in first place when things got shut down, Glenn. And, and that had to be tough to have things kind of come to an end with your team playing so well. Welcome back to the podcast and, and give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jake. Uh, and Evan, it was uh, it was difficult. I mean, it was difficult for everybody, obviously, and it was it was really quick. Like at the time when uh, when it all came down, because we had just finished playing in Philly, and we had quite a stretch going. We were uh, in Buffalo Saturday, Mohegan Sunday, and then in San Diego on. Uh, on the Friday. And I remember Thursday, I was getting ready to go to Buffalo on the Friday and then stuff happened very, very quickly. And, and to the point where we're at, where we are now. So, uh, we, yeah, like you said, we were in good shape. Uh, we were, we were playing well and, uh, it, it just, it turned so quick. Like it was, I mean, like all of us, it was very surreal. Well, maybe we'll just reveal this cause we, Jake and I voted in the lacrosse flash awards and mm-hmm. both of us gave our Les Bartley Award vote to you. Oh, well. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate that. <laughs> and that's got to be a little extra special for you, Glenn, being being coached by Les uh, in those formative championship years in Toronto. I'm sure you learned so much from him and, and probably instilled a little bit of that into your coaching. Absolutely. You – you know, you're a, you're a sum of your experiences. And, and that was certainly that era um, with less and, and playing for him with team Canada and just being around him for that, 
whatever it was, that seven-year window uh, with all the success we had and, and, and just all the players we had with Jimmy and Coyle and Bobby Watson and those guys that, you know, just we almost had a perfect mixture of guys for him to coach uh, and, and it worked for his philosophy and his style. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing you'll hear people talk about with Les is, is preparation and, and sort of innovation. He never – status quo was never good enough and, and things were always being pushed and, and with, you know, Derek and Eddie on the staff as well, it was, it was just a great environment to, to learn in and, and be part of. Uh, your, your 2000 Toronto rock advancing to the elite eight in the greatest box lacrosse team of all time, March madness tournament here, uh, Glenn, as they, they got past uh, the 2009 Brampton Excelsiors in the Sweet 16. All right. I didn't know that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the big differences this year is Doug Jameson. You got a goaltender who was, say, middle of the pack a year ago to one of the elite goaltenders this year. What changed between last season and this season that his game just amped up the way it did? I mean, I think it's it's maturation. Uh, we had, you know, we had always seen what everybody else saw. Dougie was an elite goalie uh, at, at in junior, certainly. Um, and those guys need time to develop. And and it's funny because when we drafted them, and you know, ownership and, and management is always, you know, they they want to revisit the draft. What do you think of this guy? And and we said it's you know, Dougie is going to, in our opinion, be a great goaltender, but it's going to take you know, three, maybe four years, because that's sort of the path that, that all these guys are on, you know, Kristen Galbianco kind of bucked that trend a little bit, but for the most part, you know, the, the guys that I've seen, the Watsons, the Vinks and, and on and on Cosmo, those types of guys, you know, they need a few years to percolate. So that was part of it, his maturation. Uh, but he's just, the one thing I say about Dougie is when I watch him play is just sort of that economy of movement. He, he reads players, body language, stick angle, all that stuff. And he just kind of glides into saves and makes it look fairly effortless. And he, he just, his style and his, you know, everything in sport is about, you know, how you read situations, read plays, how quick your brain adapts to things. And, and he just seems to have that as a goaltender in terms of anticipating shots and, and direction and angle and deception. And, and he's just really coming into his own and you don't win unless you got elite level goaltending. And that's, that's certainly what we're getting from him this year. Speaking with the head coach and general manager of the New England Blackwells, Glenn Clark, and, and speaking of management, uh, Glenn, you you taken over the general manager duties from, from Rich Lisk, who just kind of got handed the keys to the New York Riptide operations. Uh, I imagine you, you still talk to, to Rich pretty frequently and, and probably learned a ton from him to – fall into this job and and kind of navigate your way through it early on i'm sure you're, you're leaning on on rich on on how to get things done a little bit absolutely we you know he really helped us through the transition uh even though he was uh you know obviously transitioning into his own role and and as that went there was certainly a bit of turnaround time and i spoke to rich today i mean i, I speak to him almost daily 
you know, besides our, our working relationship, we became very great friends and, and, you know, spent time, I think we told this before, spent time vacationing together and that. So, you know, he's become a very close and personal friend of mine. So, and I still, I mean, he, his experience in sports management in general uh, is incredible and and uh, the the breadth of knowledge and uh, just the way he knows how to handle situations and deal with situations he's uh, you know when you talk about people that you mentor with and mentor under he was certainly one of those guys what, what's it going to be like when you got to try and swindle that first overall pick out of out of his pocket well, I, I don't think it's going to be anything because I don't think that's uh, that'll be. Uh, <laughs> I don't think uh, certainly not in this draft. I don't think that'll be something that's possible. So I don't hold out much hope for that. Callum Crawford coming off of what had to be an MVP season. Tell us something about Callum that maybe the odd, you know, the, those of us just watching him day to day don't get to see. I mean, you see a lot of it. Obviously, his athleticism is is something that amazes me. At, at 36 years old, uh, to be able to, and it's not his only trick, I mean, but he is able to dominate athletically, and some of the plays he makes are uh, are incredible at any age, never mind 36. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, his vision and, you know, he, he's, I think – you know, he has gotten a bit of a, a bad rap for being sort of, uh, you know, a showtime and, and, and that type of thing. But he's, you know, he's a lot better teammate than I think people realize. Um, you know, I think he he wants to be successful. He wants people around him to have success. Uh, and, and from a coaching standpoint, I mean, I, I have no issues with in terms of, you know, his buy-in and, and what he wants to bring to the table. I mean, he's certainly a competitor and, and has opinions and that, but that's, that's something that I kind of covet from high-end players because, I, I, you know, we don't operate in a vacuum. Uh, and we need everybody to be sort of part of the, the solution. And, and, you know, we've had a great relationship uh, in terms of coach and player. Uh, and and I really uh, I, I really obviously expect respect his talent and and the way he plays, but also how he wants to be part of part of the group, part of the solution. I mean, you know, he's in a stats driven position, but I honestly know that it's more about the result for him than than sort of individual accolades and statistics. And he wants to win. Yeah, he wants a cha- he wants a championship badly. Yeah, and maturity and and being in the league that long will will get you to that place, especially when you don't have a, a ring to go on your finger when you're that deep into your career. Suddenly, the the mindset of maybe the numbers aren't so important, and it's it's more about getting the Ws. And I think more now than ever, Crawford has realized that. And and it's funny how that kind of works because his numbers have gone up with that realization. I think, um, which is no no coincidence. Uh, Speaking of athleticism, Clarky, uh, I saw a little Instagram video with with your young daughter and the hockey stick and the puck and the what did she hit? She hit like a seventy six or something on the stick handling. I was blown away by that man. She's actually uh, bumped that up one. It's now seventy seven, but I didn't want to post it because it happened like you know relatively <laughs> close together. 
it's uh it is one of the i i said this in our household like you know my wife's a good athlete and and you know my son is you know my son's played sports and are good athletes as well um but i'm like that that might be the most incredible athletic feat in our whole family to get super impressed i was i was like holy cow like that was i was really really impressed by that people don't know what we're talking about here but just paint the picture if you will on on what she's doing it's a it's a it's a little training tool called the super deaker that a lot of people have and, and it's basically a 45 second window interval with a random pattern of lights that light up and you just kind of move the puck over the over the sensor and you get a score well, she's gotten to the point where she gets 77. And and just to put it into perspective, I mean, my high score is 54. And and I've tried. And I can't even – that's 23 less than her. And, I mean, I was a deep – like, I played university hockey. I played some minor pro hockey. I still play <laughs> hockey. And I, I can't I can't even get close. Unreal. Like, it's not it's, – it's, And it's how, an old how, old, how old is she? How old is she? Nine. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no, it's incredible. Guess that we had on a couple of months ago, Joe, Joe Nardella, uh, a face-off specialist that needed to develop a defensive game. How are you feeling at this stage of, as to the development of his defensive game? Really good. And, uh, you know, we, we had had Joe at camp a couple of years ago. Uh, and, and, you know, didn't make it. And he sort of committed to playing in some of the, the Boston box league and some other leagues. Uh, and, and even in camp, I mean, you know, our, our, uh, dialogue with him and our expectations was, you know, it's always going to be D first mentality. I mean, you, you have a special skill, which, you know, can, can translate into other areas, because, you know, ball possession is important, has its importance, but it's not, you know, I'm, I'm of the philosophy that, you know, you got to be able to play as well. So, uh, you know, we, we told him that we explained that to him, we worked with him, uh, and, and he's been excellent to be honest. I mean, his, his defense has, has not been an issue has not raised any eyebrows with us. And, and obviously, you know, great, uh, face off and just a badger on loose balls. Like he is, uh, He's a workhorse and he's been a great uh, addition to our group. And, and that was actually all Rich Lisk. Uh, Rich had sort of, uh, you know, kept an eye on him, uh, watched him in the PLL, uh, invited him to camp. Uh, they were both Rutgers grads. So I think that had a little bit to do with it. But he uh, that, that was all Rich getting into camp. And he's been a great, uh, real good, real nice surprise. I mean, obviously, we all knew how well he could do face-off wise, but uh, defensively, he's fit right in, uh, been systematic, and and hasn't hurt us. Now, of course, you got this extended layoff. Um, the potential of playoffs to happen. How do you keep the team ready in the event the playoffs do happen? It's a challenge for everybody. We've been uh, communicating uh, through email a lot. Uh, with guys um, we've had a couple of uh, conference calls set up just when there was, you know, things that we could update and, and just reinforcing the messaging of stay ready, uh, take care of yourself. It's, you know, it's very difficult because access to facilities and, and those types of things are a challenge uh, which will be for all teams. So it's hard. It's really hard because I think we're, 
you know, what are we, six, seven weeks maybe out of our last game that we played. So obviously, you know, we say all the time you can't uh, mimic game shape. And this is certainly uh, amplified because you can't even mimic practice shape right now. So uh, it's it's going to be a challenge and, and there's a lot of ownership on the players. Uh, but the reality of it is it's, it's a very difficult process. And, and if, you know, if we do have the opportunity to, to ramp back up uh, to a playoff format or, or try and get a, a playoff in, it's going to be a compressed timeline of, of, you know, them getting their conditioning ready, getting back ready with film and game planning and prep and all that stuff. But it's, it'll happen very quickly and, and it'll be, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge for everybody. And, and I guess with that said, Glenn, it's, it's the same for everybody. So there's no, there's no uneven playing field uh, when it, when it comes to that. Uh, hey, listen, man, I appreciate the, the time. I hope uh, you and the family stay safe and stay healthy. I, uh, your boy, uh, Julian Cole told me that uh, maybe uh, there might be a little, little card game happening online tomorrow night so i might uh might see it on the felt uh if you're right oh yeah. yeah no that's been uh that's been a little black wolves wellness uh-huh. we've been doing a little uh, online uh, zoom chat and some poker games so well, it's been uh well, it's been a good distraction yeah i might uh i might sneak in there if you allow a, an outside party into the to the the den so to speak well, I'll, uh, I'll run it by the board of directors, and I'll see what they uh, say, and, uh, okay. and then we'll, uh, we'll evaluate as we go. All right. Let me know. Thanks for your time. Uh, be well, my friend, and, and appreciate you doing this. All right. You too, guys. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Evan. Stay safe. That was the general manager and the head coach of the New England Black Holes. Got himself a gold medal at the World Championships with Team Canada as well, Evan, and I think Glenn Clark, highly regarded as one of the best coaches in the game, and him being on Team Canada's bench and now moving into a management role as well just kind of reiterates that. No question. I mean, this is a team that had to be built over time and it had to be matured over time. And like I said before, we did not expect New England to be in first place. We thought Georgia would run away with that division, and they didn't. Not so the case. It was an easy pick for the for Coach of the Year in my mind. Absolutely. We'll run down the rest of the Lacrosse Flash Awards. We'll do it next in quarter three. Keep it right here on episode 76 of Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. This is Keegan Ball from the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and Boston Rock. Back on episode 76, Jake Kelly, Devin Schemenauer, quarter three coming up. You heard right there, Keegan Ball, Vancouver Warriors, are good friends from Vancouver Warriors at VancouverWarriors.com. Where nothing is offside, Evan. Uh, what did I see on the Warriors website today? 
Let me just uh, read this off of VancouverWarriors.com. This year, we showed that the Vancouver Warriors, nothing's outside. And although there was still lots of hard-hitting lacrosse to be played and fun to be had, it'll have to wait as we come together to do what's best for the safety of our community. The Vancouver Warriors have left the turf for now, but the fight is not over. We will fight this new fight together alongside our families, friends, teammates, community, and alongside our local Warriors. The healthcare warriors, the first responder warriors, the grocery staff warriors, the firefighters, the police officers, the truck drivers, and all the helpful neighbors, all warriors. And we look forward to the next time we will see you back at Rogers Arena. The first game back is going to be one heck of a time. We promise you that. But until then, we would say there are plenty of local warriors to cheer for. And I think that's well said by the Warriors organization once again from them, from Stampede Tech, from us here at Lacrosse Classified, all our sponsors as well. Thank you to all the first responders and frontline workers that continue to to fight the good fight and, and keep us as safe and healthy as possible. Hundred percent, and you know, without them, we would be in massive danger. They're putting their lives on the line. Uh, you know, you hear these stories out of New York and other places where they've passed away. You know. Putting, you know, trying to fight for us. So, you know, you have to respect that 100%. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, really, that's why people like that get in. And not, maybe not the truck drivers and warehouse workers, but the first responders, that's in their DNA, in their human nature, that they want to help and protect people. And that's why they get into work like firefighting, police officers, and what have you. They, It's just in them to do it. Uh, let's do let's do quick sticks first here, Evan, and then we will go under review. And very few quick sticks this week. Uh, junior C season back in Ontario done, canceled. They will not play a season. Uh, WLA BC Junior Lacrosse here May fifteenth. They will revisit the situation and continue to kind of monitor and listen to the officials in hopes of getting some assemblance of a season in uh, Lax Flat. Saskatchewan Rush donating 1,400 jerseys to workers around Saskatoon, uh, fifth anniversary jerseys for them. So a nice little gesture there from the Urbans. And uh, don't forget all talk, no action every Friday coming out via the NLL social channels. Myself, Brad Challoner. Brandon Glasheen with no eyebrows, Teddy Jenner, Ashley Docking, and one lacrosse superstar, Pat Gregoire, along with Devin Caney, cranking out some content for you every single week with all talk, no action. Keep an eye out for that. And lastly, but not leastly, Evan, the Lax Flash Awards are out for the end of the year, and uh, we've made our picks. Do you want to run these down in order? Let's get through them quickly. That's just you and I, and they'll be coming out in the next few weeks. Mm. But here's how we voted amongst the the panel of 10 that uh, were voting on this. So Rookie of the Year. Now, this is interesting. Connor Field is eligible because he didn't play enough games last season. So my vote is from the Black Olds, Andrew Q, and yours is Connor Fields. It is. Uh, It is. Yep. And I don't think you can have a wrong answer there. No, I mean, Q has, amongst the guys that were in this year's draft, was the standout so far, but Connor Fields is, you know, he's up there, and he's only going to get better. Comeback player of the year, 
for you, Zach Greer, and for me, Dougie Jameson. You know, for me, Dougie Jameson what took that step from being an average goaltender to an elite goaltender. I know comeback player of the year, sometimes a guy that, you know, came from nothing and goes up to something. But when a guy elevates his game that much, I got to vote for him. All right. I mean, it's usually a guy that's had a pretty significant injury or been away for the game from a couple of years and has a triumphant return. But I see what you're saying. Continue on. Okay. Uh, executive of the year. You had Derek Keenan. I've got Paul Day. Paul Day, of course, has now, you know, the first year was a struggle for the Wings, but he's now managed to build that team into a playoff team. But, you know, I, I can't disagree with you. I think Derek Keenan gets underappreciated in this award just because the Rush have been so good for so many years. Yeah, I can literally vote for him every single year. Right. right. So I did. Now, of course, as we stated before, Les Bartley Award, we're both going with Glenn Clark. No brainer. Goalie of the year. We're split on this one. Mm. You've got Dougie Jameson. I've got Warren Hill. And I don't know if either one of them is a bad pick in this situation. Yeah, I, I look at the numbers at the end of the day, Evan, and Dougie's got better numbers than Warren Hill. Transition player of the year. This is the one where you know everybody seems to have a different player because the definition of transition is not necessarily you know that well defined. I'm going with Mike Messenger. You know, some of these transition goals, especially the one against Logan Chess, you, you just gotta go in awe, but I can't disagree with yours in Challen Rogers. Yeah, overtime winner in Halifax for the Hammer as well, but for me, Challen Rogers, uh, he might be in the conversation for best all-around player on the planet, Evan. Uh, okay, I'm going with Graham Hosick on that one. Yeah, but, I, know, I said I he's in the conversation, there. like Lyle right. Thompson, Hosick, Rogers... You know, which comes to an interesting question. They had that on the All Talk No Action this week. Yeah, well, you was... have to take a player to build your team around. Who do you go with for that player that you're going to build the future well, of your team around? Yeah, I mean, they said a player that's been in the league five years or less. Right. Um, it's, man. For me, it comes down to Hosick, Thompson, or Del Bianco. And I. I go Lyle Thompson. See, and I go with the cyborg. And I guess my philosophy is if you take care of things on your own end, things take care of themselves on the other end. But, yeah. I mean, <laughs> none of them's a bad pick. I, like, you could honestly okay. put Lyle back on defense, and I think he'd be one of the best defenders in the league as well. Right. So, I, and, and everything that he stands for and, and represents as well, I, I don't know. I, I love the cyborg. Don't get me wrong. There's no bad pick. And you got to have a goaltender yeah. too. And and if I'm starting in in net, I'm going with the phenom. So, uh, yeah. are we done? Is that it? No, the two more to go. Oh, okay. Defender of the year. Um, now we both had the same guy in the cyborg. And to be honest with you, if he he would have been my second place vote in MVP. Yeah. Agreed. And. For the MVP, I think it's obvious for both of us, it was Callum Crawford. It was not obvious when we looked at this, say, you know, a, a month earlier in the season, but in the last four games, Callum Crawford just elevated his game to another level and just put that team on his back. Yeah, and I don't know what the league's going to do as far as handing out awards. I, 
it's not really a fair fight for teams that didn't play as many games as other other teams did. So it's hard to kind of gauge the scoring race and and that sort of thing because some teams just didn't have a big as sample size as others. But I still think at the end of the day, the top guys were the top guys and. It's going to look weird in the record books if you don't hand out these awards, so just do it. I know it may not be the the best year for it, but do it anyway. That's my opinion on it. Do it anyway. Yeah, and you can easily take, if you really wanted to go by points, you could go and average Average points per game. But but the difference is, to me, MVP isn't a points race. It is who was the most important to their team actually doing well mm-hmm. and there's no question without Callum Crawford New England is close to a 500 team yeah you're right Evan let's go under review it's time for under review presented by G Wilson construction each week Jake and Evan answer a listener's question or break down an unusual call that happened in a game the challenge flag has been thrown so now it's time to take the matter under review Under review, brought to you by G. Wilson Construction. Wilson, G. Wilson Construction. Find them at gwilsonconstruction.com. And again, things on hiatus right now for the construction business along with many others. But when things get rolling around again, you know G. Wilson Construction is going to be hiring like crazy so get your resume in now little tab at the top of their website work with us upload your resume and who knows when uh, a couple of months from now when things start back up in the construction business you may get a call from g wilson construction under review this week everyone and we're gonna discuss the potential scenario for the man cup i think this is a little far-fetched in my opinion but you've kind of worked something out here that may work for major series and the wla so the question really becomes how late can some of these leagues go before they got to call things off and okay junior a they could probably wait until july 1st now that's going to mean a very shortened season a very shortened playoffs to get to a minto cup but July for if they if they can't go by July first, that's done. I think senior B's around the same time frame really because, especially in Alberta, who's supposed to be hosting this thing, they can't play any time in the winter. That they're going to have to get done for the President's Cup, and they're going to have to start by July first to get their seat, get any resemblance of a season and a playoff in. NLL, I'm thinking they want to get this done before the draft, which is mid-September. So if they're not going by September 1st, you know, you can count out a playoffs. But here's a scenario that I put forward for the WLA and the MSL, and that is they could actually wait all the way until September 1st to start. It might sound a little crazy, but here's the thing. We were talking a few weeks ago about the history of the Man Cup. The only time it wasn't played for was in World War One. A couple of years in World War One, they didn't play it. But if the season were to start September 1st, now follow me on this one, it would mean that the WLA plays every game at the Langley Fieldhouse. It means the MSL plays every game at the track because by September 1st, the arenas are converted to hockey arenas. But 
if they could do that, they could play a single round robin for a regular season. So six games, five games in the MSL. And then you could have a final amongst the best two, or you could have a quick semifinal one game elimination if you wanted to. You would still have enough time. And the competition date would have to be around the 20th of October, because after that, players are in camp for their NLL teams. If you, you could pull off a man cup, even with the best of five, held at the track, you could still pull it off with September 1st. That may seem a long time out, and it may seem like it's a shortened season and it may not feel right, but something's better than nothing. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I guess, I guess. I, I just, I don't know, I don't know how... I don't know how it's going to all be okay by then. I just don't – I don't think – I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't – you're bringing in too many people and you're talking about 40, 50, 60 people in a confined area banging against each other. The risk, I just don't – I don't see it. Like I think sports are literally done for – I mean that may sound like a doom and gloom scenario, but I just don't think we're going to – especially not with fans in in, in the building, but – I don't know, man. Well, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, maybe a sport like golf could yeah. play earlier, right? Where there's, or tennis maybe could play earlier. Uh, you know, I, I was saying this last night. You know, we're so for sports con- content. I was watching handball last night. Yeah. Now, it's not to say handball is a fabulous sport, but I can't remember the last time I watched a handball <laughs> game outside of the Olympics, right? So, Fair you enough. know... We don't want something to happen, but it's got to happen with the right time. That is true. Quarter three is now complete, Evan. We got to get to break so we can get to quarter four. Stampede Tax, who you got? Left side of the bracket, pre-90s and 1990s are coming up. You can tell us. We'll put the votes up on Twitter as well. We'll break it all down when we return to 76. Episode 76 of Lacrosse Classified right here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Box Across the Story and Steve Holroyd. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network. Going the game, one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network. Into the fourth quarter, no more breaks here on Lax Class. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar with you. Thanks for hanging out. Here for episode 76, seven, we've got four teams into the lead eight. Let's put up the votes here and play Stampede Tax. Who you got as we all do our part to fight COVID-19 and work our way back to normal one day. We know there are still some things out there you may need to get to get you through these times. If you need workwear or anything else, please remember Stampede Tax and Western Wear is open 24-7 online at stampede.ca 
or you can call 1-800-745-5511, and we will try and help you out the best we can under these current working conditions. Thank you for all your support, lacrosse fans, as we look forward to being back on the floor with you again very soon. And once again, a big thanks to Stampede Tax for sponsoring the podcast and, of course, sponsoring Who You Got. Evan, who you got? Jake, who you got? 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 For the next four teams, we want to start at the top of the bracket here. Is that what what we should do? Let's do it that way. Okay. Pre-1990s bracket... 1945, Berard's Evan going up against the 1960 Oshawa Green Gales. Who you got? Flipping the coin. Coin? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Okay. Gales you, would be the second you, team with go still, to grow in the Green Gales. Are you still going to stand by your pick because you used the oh. coin? Sure, what the hell. <laughs> Green Gales it was on the coin flip. Don Stinson, Jimmy Bishop, and the gang, seven straight Minto Cups. I don't see anyone beating the Green Gales here in this bracket, but uh, you never know with our next matchup coming. But give me Oshawa here advancing into the Elite Eight. Next game up, 87 Redmen up against the 62 New Westminster O'Keefe's. Evan, who you got? Okay, I'm not betting against Derek Keenan at this stage because he keeps winning every damn time. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going with the Red. All right, Redman uh, also promoting the best, uh, greatest box lacrosse team of all time on Twitter as well. But the and, Sam- and to Paul Horn. Salmon Bellies <laughs> did at one point, too. The New Westminster Salmon Belly O'Keefe's from 1962. Cliff Sepka, Paul Parnell. I'm going to go O'Keefe's here, Evan. I'm going to go against Derek Keenan, the Redmen. I'm taking the O'Keefe's to beat Brooklyn. And, you know, you you wonder about that name, the O'Keefe's. This actually wasn't unusual. And you look at the history of the Man Cup, but the winners, Victoria did this for a few years. They were Payless. the Payless. Yeah, the Payless. Yeah, Payless. Yeah. yeah. Money talks, man. Money talks. Uh, 97 Shamrocks, speaking of those Victoria Payless slash Shamrocks, going up against the 1995 Chiefs. This is a good matchup. 97 Shamrocks, 95 Chiefs. Evan, who you got? Coins coming over again. Oh, man. What a crack of it. <laughs> Can't pick. It is the Shamrocks. Ooh, man. 95 Chiefs. What a team. I got. I'm going to take the Chiefs here. I, I think they were just so loaded front to back. Shamrocks were a very good team in 1997. I know that firsthand. 1995, my rookie year in the WLA, didn't get to, to play the Chiefs in the Man Cup. Got traded to New West the following year. But yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs here. 95 Chiefs to take on, take over, take off. This 97 Shamrocks. One more game to go here, Evan. If you can't tell, I'm like out of it right now. So exhausted. I'm losing my mind. 92 Bandits. Persevere, I shall. 99 Rock. All LL matchup here for the 90s bracket, Evan. 99 Rock, 92 Bandits. Who you got? So Derek Keenan, the coach, versus Derek Keenan, the player. Mm. <laughs> uh, Kate, um, actually, I think Keenan, though, did play a portion of that 99 season. So um, just because 
almost everybody that I talk to talks about that 92 Bandits team as yeah. one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Got to go with the Bandits. Although I think the vote with the fans will go the other way. I'm picking the Bandits. So you think? Okay. I'm going to take the Bandits as well. 92 Bandits to beat the 99 Rock. I think the 2000 Rock team better than the 99 team. And they're still in it, but I don't know if the 99 Rock get through here to the Elite Eight. We shall find out. Votes will be up on Twitter. Make sure you're casting your vote. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. And make sure you're supporting our great sponsors, G. Wilson Construction, Associated Labels and Packaging, Vancouver Warriors, Stampede Tack, and Western Wear. And don't forget about that promo code from our friends at Pure Vital Labs, Lacrosse Classified 20. Get a 20% discount on all your PVL supplements, all natural and form choice, all the rest of it, and delivered right to your door. Just use the promo code Lacrosse Classified 20. Thanks to Glenn Clark for coming on the podcast. If you want to follow us on social media at Shemlax, at PXP for sports, the show is at Lax Class or Lacrosse Classified on the old Instagram. Thanks for listening to episode number 76. It's time to go. We'll talk to you next Tuesday right here on Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. For Evan Schemenauer, I've been Jake Kelly at it for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator. Be safe and be healthy, everybody.